For the first time in a while, downtown Detroit sounds like this. Backhoes and trucks are hauling debris from forgotten buildings. Cranes are placing the beams for new structures. But now, before big projects start, they have a new hurdle to jump over. The community benefits ordinance that Detroit voters passed in 2016. The law requires developers of major projects to consult with the community before they seek tax incentives from city council. The goals are, first, to give residents a part in discussions about how to lessen negative impacts of construction in their neighborhoods. And second, to have developers consider including benefits for the community, such as job training or improvements like parks. So far, six projects have been required to go through the new process, but there is some debate about whether the law is meeting its goals. Detroit City Councilman Scott Benson says it is. He campaigned for the ordinance. This has wildly exceeded my expectations um, for this process and what would happen. Benson points to the rehabilitation of the former Herman Kiefer Hospital, a few miles north of downtown, as a poster child for the new law. A New York-based development company is planning a $140 million rehab of the abandoned complex, turning it into a small hotel and walkable commercial campus. And they're doing work to improve the surrounding neighborhood. You've had 150 homes boarded up. Um, You've had one of the major local basketball courts has been renovated. They've started a minor home repair program. And the developers have actually moved into the neighborhood. And they have a great rapport with the local residents now. Some Detroit officials say the first year with the ordinance has been a learning experience, with some pleasant surprises. For example, they expected one or two large developments to be subjected to the ordinance each year. Instead, six projects triggered the law last year, and two voluntarily went through the meeting process. Billionaire Dan Gilbert's real estate arm Bedrock is behind five of those projects, including the Hudson Site skyscraper and the rehab of the historic Book Tower downtown. Steve Ogden represented Bedrock and the company's projects at the community meetings. This did not slow us down. It, what it helped us do is tell our own story. There's nothing that they're going to be surprised by. They've heard everything. Alexander Novak was part of those conversations as a member of the Neighborhood Advisory Council, a panel of residents required by the ordinance. The 24-year-old urban planner remembers what was going through her head as she listened to Bedrock representatives explain their plans. So I was looking for every little detail, taking notes, trying to figure out what they did right, what they did wrong. And then, you know, how much power did I have? What was I supposed to be asking about? What was my actual role there? That was still really unclear to a lot of us throughout the whole process. Novak says while she enjoyed working with Bedrock and felt like the company officials listened to the residents' concerns, she was a little disappointed with the eventual outcome. They tend to dance around a direct answer, so a lot of the responses that we've gotten have been really unsatisfactory. Like when several members of the advisory council expressed concerns about Bedrock's plans to demolish the historic National Theater and move its facade. The Albert Kahn design building near Campus Martius is over 100 years old. In the end, Bedrock did not change its plans. We're kind of just thinking like, oh, well, I don't know why we spent all of our time and energy doing that if you weren't going to really care or try hard to respond to our needs. While Bedrock did not agree to save the theater, 
Ogden says the company made other changes, like incorporating more green space into their designs. But the company and the city did not change their contracts to include any major community benefits. And according to the new law, developers don't have to agree to anything. In that way, Detroit's ordinance is different than community benefits agreements in other cities. It does not require specific outcomes. It establishes a process for starting the conversations. That's according to Virginia Parks, chair of the Department of Urban Planning and Public Policy at the University of California, Irvine. She has studied community benefits debates around the country and says there's an important question Detroit should look at to make sure the ordinance is working. Do we have measurable permanent improvements to those locally impacted communities? Is there some sort of training and targeted hiring process put into place? Do local residents want more green space? Do they want more parks? It's more than just mitigating the negative impacts. And that's how a lot of the language reads in the ordinance right now. As the first projects to comply with Detroit's Community Benefits Ordinance begin to make progress, city officials say they will be taking a look at how to improve the process. And Detroit will have more opportunity to practice the new law, with several major construction projects already slated for 2018. I'm Shelby Jopi, WDET News.